0: Dog Music Cast. Now, here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello, and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today from one of my favorite podcasts, we have Craig Smith of the Pods and Sods Network. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Awesome. And we're here to talk about Prince, and he is funky. So <laughs> I wanted to do this because, like, I wanted you to on here specifically for this because the Pods and Sods series you did on the Prince Warner Brothers albums is kind of responsible for getting me into Prince. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was how it all started. Um, and yeah, I the only song I knew before that was Kiss. And Kiss isn't a bad song, it's just kind of, you know, it's a funk song, but I'm more of a rock guy. Yeah. So I was listening to that first episode you guys did, and I was like, I should, you know, Purple Rain is just one of those classic 80s albums. I should really, like finally give that thing a listen so i i listened to that first episode then i went on amazon and i bought it mm-hmm. and they they give you that little auto rip download of the album and i downloaded it and i listened to it once and then it, that became what i listened to the rest of the day like i was just taken back by his guitar playing his writing abilities like you know the first time you hear it, you know something like let's go crazy or when does cry it's like life-changing so and, wait
1: did you, you didn't know any of those songs no, going
0: in none of really? them really none zip all I do was Kiss.
1: That's so crazy to think about. You know, uh, you're considerably younger than I am, but like <laughs> the, these songs for people my age, I mean, you know, Purple Rain sits alongside a thriller in terms of, you know, uh, the songs just being part of your every day, you know? Right. And it, it's weird. Uh, So it's, it's weird to, to even consider that there's somebody that, that doesn't have that experience. It's amazing to think about.
0: Yeah, so I was I was really blown back, and like, I've never gotten into an artist so hard that like, after that, I f- after I finished work that day, I'm like, let's go to Barnes & Noble, I'm going to try and clean out every Prince CD they have, mm-hmm. and I just slowly started building the discography from there, and yeah. then it was like, wait, he wrote for other people and had side projects, <laughs> and then, wait, there's a triple album, and just, Jesus Christ, there's so much there. Yeah, so it, like, it was,
1: I... I, I... This probably folds into my Discovering Prince story, but just as a quick aside, when I was getting into Prince when I was like 11 or 12, um, I started to discover bootlegs, and at that point you'd have vinyl Prince bootlegs that were like triple LP sets of outtakes or live shows, and then as the years went on, you started to discover exactly how much there was that... That was officially released in terms of B sides, so that was a, a bit of a puzzle. And then, you know, uh, figuring out what he wrote for other artists, what the stuff he played on that he wasn't credited on, and then just the the stuff in the vault, which a lot of it stands up to, if not surpasses, so much that is on you know official album releases. So if, if you're the kind of person who likes to really dive into a discography. And you appreciate Prince in the slightest, like there's really nowhere, no better place to start.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, like you said, something like some of the stuff in the vaults or passes, even the stuff that was released. And I had that thought very much with Graffiti Bridge, because as we we're going to discuss, a lot of that was outtakes, a lot of yeah. that was leftovers, and yeah, stuff going
1: back to like '81.
0: Yeah, like a song, like, and we'll get to Joy and Repetition a bit more, but I was like, how the hell did you leave that, you know, in the in the can?
1: Absolutely insane! Insane.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my Prince story. Like I've really, I've got all the albums now. The only one I haven't heard is Crystal Ball, and still hunting for a copy of that thing. Um, wow, well, you're,
1: you're, you're encountering the same thing that that we encountered when we tried to order it from the faulty website, and it <laughs> took uh, months and years, and some people still waiting.
0: One eight hundred new funk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm. I'm just waiting at this point. I think that's going to be part of like the reissues eventually. Like I, that's why I held off on like I knew One Night Alone was eventually going to get hit with a reissue. Planet yeah. Earth would so. Yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah. The, so the, there's that, and then there's some of the protege albums I haven't heard yet. I haven't found Apollonia Six. I haven't found Jill Jones yet or Maserati. But those yeah, are, like, those are hard to find. But, but I, and that's the thing.
1: I mean, there's you know. As a Prince fan, I spend so much time putting a lot of that stuff off because just getting into the Prince part of it is enough. Uh, So like, you know, when when you wanted something slightly different, you'd, you know, go for the Vanity Six album or whatever, you know what I mean? But they're great. They're the side projects are great, too.
0: Oh, yeah. And before you do your Prince story, um, there's kind of That's, something you do on Pots and sods. I've always wanted to do it with you, so I'm going to do this right is now.
1: This, is this <laughs> R-rated?
0: No, this isn't R-rated. This is great. So, okay. Craig, make tell me, are you familiar with that song that Prince did with Michael Nesmith?
1: With Mike Nesmith? Um, let's see. Uh, I am
0: not. Nine times computer blue.
1: Oh, damn.
0: <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, I appreciate it. One of my favorite little pods and sods, little segments you do. <laughs> so, yeah, tell me your print story.
1: Um, well, uh, my print story starts at the 1999 album. 1999 and Little Red Corvette were MTV staples. But they were sort of on the periphery for me. I enjoyed them, but um, – and I bought the 1999 album as a kid. So it was uh, probably around 10.
0: <laughs> oh, my uh,
1: but then it was, uh, you know, it just—it was this kind of thing. It was this guy that was, you know, on MTV, one of the first black artists to really kind of bust through MTV, you know, alongside Michael Jackson and, and some others. Um, it, there started to be news that he was—he's going to have a movie coming out, and it was like oh, that's kind of weird, you know. It's this it, at my age, it wasn't the kind of thing that I—I I thought a musician could kind of just go and do, and I—I'll never forget that. When when Doves Cry hit the radio, they not only, at least the stations uh, near me, kind of like in the Philly suburbs, started to play When Doves Cry and the B-side 17 Days, which is uh, also a work of genius. So I really, really, really got immersed because on the strength of those two songs, they were so great. And then I can't remember if I had bought the album by the time Let's Go Crazy was a single, but if I hadn't, that really decided it Uh, because at that point it was just like, okay, this is is major. Uh, So the Purple Rain album was a huge, huge part of my formative years. Um, And on the other side of it, it was the... uh, you know, this is the artist with some X-rated lyrics and you can't listen (laughs) to this around your parents and a lot of, you know, that was, you know, in 1983, 1984, that was was appealing to 10-year-olds like me. So, uh, you know, you would have your older cousin, like, hipping you to what some of these lyrics meant and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) So, uh, and I just became a a huge fan at that point. And uh, my, my... Tendency for collecting artists really started to grow around this time, so I tried to get all of the singles and all of the albums and all the albums that had passed. And as time went on, I never, I never lost touch with Prince. I thought he had ebbs and flows, um, but I mean, he had some greatness going, you know, further into his career. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a catalog that's that's vast and rich and one that I covet. You know, there's. Oh, yeah. You know, some the, there's stuff in there that's among the greatest music ever recorded. As a guitar player, uh, absolutely underrated until that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame clip came out of him playing guitar on "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," oh, nice. and I think people started to really. You know, there were people at the time when that happened. Like I remember, I, I can't. I guess it was on social media or or wherever <laughs> it was. It was like I didn't even realize Prince played guitar. You know, because it was just you know. He he was he was a front man, you know, so much of the time. Right. But but goddamn, when when he was on guitar, it was shit
0: happened, you know. Oh man, he's explosive on the guitar, and that was also like a big revelation for me when I heard that Purple Rain album. You know, Kiss isn't exactly a song where he's burning up the fretboard. Yeah. You hear "Let's Go Crazy" or you hear "Computer Blue," you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like, where has this been? Where has this been hiding out? So. Yeah, and uh, you pointed out something great about the catalog, too. I feel like it keeps giving to you, like, even if there's stuff that I don't necessarily get now, I feel like I'll get it eventually. Yeah. Like, it took me a long time to ra- warm up to Around the World in the Day and Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, but I did eventually warm up to those albums, and I'm, now they're among my favorites. So Yeah,
1: but I've always found Around the World in a Day a really strange record, um, yeah. just because the, it came so quickly after Purple Rain. It was such a, a turn. And, um, like I was getting into the Beatles around that time. And so like the psychedelic video for Raspberry Beret really excited me, but then the album kind of, it it was just like, this is just, it's so different. Um, and that's something I didn't appreciate at the time, but learned to appreciate as years went on. Um, and when, when you say in terms of the, the amount of, of stuff and you know, how you, you end up discovering it and giving it time, uh, there was a book there are several right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one I have to mention is Dwayne Tudall's, uh book on the Purple Rain sessions. Oh my god! Yes, absolutely amazing. But it was it was pre predated by a book called The Vault, which um, it, I think it was like a seven hundred page book on all of Prince's sessions, oh, and wow. it spared no expense for detail. There's also I think it's Prince Vault online. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a huge discography um, with everything you could ever want to know. But the, the thing that's interesting about what you say is, I mean, you can take the puzzle of keep using the word puzzle; it's weird. Uh, <laughs> all the officially released Prince albums, all the B sides, you know, all that stuff that was kind of coming out to date, and now uh, we're getting deluxe editions with things that we didn't know existed that these books never even covered. Right. So, like, it's it's like it's such an uh, a never-ending, just, chasm of music. And you think that, like, the stuff that was left aside would be lesser, and it's not, you know? No, it's There's not. some stuff that's lesser than others, but, that you know, it's not like these things were shelved because they didn't stand up to let's go crazy or whatever.
0: Right. And that's a good really good segue into what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Graffiti Bridge, and I picked this album because... Because
1: nobody else would
0: do it? <laughs> well, now, well, part of the reason I picked it is you gave it such a glowing review in that Warner Brothers years, so that was one I kind of made sure to pick up early on. I was like, okay, that has to be a good record, because mm-hmm. he's so enthusiastic about it, so I picked that up, and the other reason I want to talk about it is it's 30 years old this year. Like, it's like yeah. the 30th anniversary of Graffiti Bridge, and it's probably not going to get the celebration that a 1999 or a Purple Rain is going to get, so... And that's kind of sad because I feel like there's some really good stuff on here and that goes really overlooked. So I figured I'd give it its own little celebration and you're the perfect person to celebrate it with.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you for reminding me that it's been 30 years since I saw this in the theater. (laughs) I don't don't feel great about that part of it. (laughs)
0: Oh man, this movie, it's only a little older than I am. I'm 26, so it missed me by a few years. Yeah, Uh, oh my goodness. Released August 21st, 1990. This thing went through a lot of different uh, configurations before it, like came into what it was going to be like. There was an, even a different script beforehand. Yeah, uh, as far back as eighty seven that had M- Sheila E. Madonna had,
1: and Madonna yeah. was involved
0: at some point. Oh yeah, and uh, I believe like he met Ingrid Chavez around that time too. Like because yeah. I, I think that's her voice at the start of the Love Sexy album. You know, It is, is yes, rain is wet, sugar is sweet. <laughs> Nicely done, but yeah, yeah, no, that was
1: ASMR like.
0: <laughs> I just see the sound of the water dripping down in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Sly dog after dark. Where am I? <laughs> Goodness, between <Yeah>. the sheets. <laughs> but yeah, the first configuration was put together on September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. That had big tall wall stimulation, graffiti bridge, bloody mouth, the question of you, beat town, pink cashmere, melody cool. The grand progression and God is alive.
1: Yeah, grand progression is one I remember from very early bootlegs. Um, I I actually forgotten about that.
0: Oh yeah, which one was that one? Because I've kind of been researching some of those bootlegs. Like I found out about charade. Yes,
1: charade. Charade was one I had on vinyl, yeah. Uh, which is crazy to think about now. Uh, I believe that it was a CD, uh, a three CD set called Jewel Box.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: also, I mean, at, at this stage of the game, I'm sure you can find on somebody's blog somewhere there was. I'm fairly. I think it was called Turn It Up. Uh, oh. I would have to double check on that, but it was like a thirty disc set. Uh, that, you know, just somebody grabbed all the outtakes and put them in a chronological order and, um, it really does the work for you. It, it's, you know, it's one of those things for as great as the internet is, it was so great to find a Prince bootleg in a store. And now, you know, with a half hour of searching, you could probably find a torrent that contains every Prince outtake, which is great for instant gratification, but, Definitely, uh, you know, the the hunt was what made this so great, you know, uh, when you'd be just looking for things at record conventions and you'd find this Prince thing you didn't know existed. Right. Now you pretty much know it's all out there. It's just a matter of finding it. Um, but yeah, Grand Progression was kind of along the lines of a, um, I guess, cross between Stillwood Stand All Time and Graffiti Bridge. It's, it's you know, an epic
0: Okay, so it's really one of those, like, gospely tinged numbers. Well, yeah,
1: kind, kind of, way. but it was it was a really good one from what I remember. I haven't I, I haven't heard that one in many years for some reason.
0: Yeah, maybe that'll come up. Like, it seems like, you know, because YouTube is creepy like that, it knows what you're searching. Like, it will suggest to me, like, while they're up, like, oh, yeah. bootlegs or demos that are out there. Like, that's how I heard, you know, there's others here with us and uh, Dance with the Devil, stuff like that. Yep.
1: So. Yeah, there's others here with us freaked me out when that's I was a kid. creepy. It's creepy. That was another, I think that was on charade.
0: Yep. Yep. Along with the original version of Old Friends for Sale, which is one of the best Superior. Yeah, that's one yeah. of his best songs that kinda of oh, when it. he
1: released that in its altered form, I was so devastated. You know, when he took all of the personal stuff out of it uh, and added the the extra horn instrumentation, I was like, oh, come on. It was so perfect the way it was. But I mean, that's the kind of thing like, you know, how much tinkering is too much tinkering? You know, he's a guy that, you know, a lot of these songs of Graffiti Bridge uh, lingered for years. And um, you know, some might have been better in their 1981 to 1982 incarnations, and some might not. So it's it's interesting, uh, especially when these deluxe sets come out, because there are versions different to what we knew from bootlegs for many years, and uh, sometimes you sacrifice the quality for an arrangement or mixing decisions that you liked in the versions that didn't quite sound as good. So it's, it's just a huge pool of stuff that, you know, you can just get lost in. Right. I feel like I, I started a paragraph that went absolutely nowhere by the time <laughs> I finished it.
0: No, 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 I get it. You actually created, re- <laughs> you actually created a really good saying there. So, okay. uh, I wanted to ask you. You've you've kind of alluded to the fact right now that you are definitely old, like older than me, and you were definitely
1: a, old. You you older? you stumbled <laughs> at Definitely old. I was I yes. was like,
0: gosh, oh, should, should I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but you've been you've been a Prince fan longer than I am. You've seen. You were actually you know following him while he was alive. Yep. I didn't have that. Um, so this came out early '90s. You've been a Prince fan since like probably 1999. full in on purple rain what were your thoughts like around the time this came out you were coming off of the batman soundtrack and love sexy you know and love sexy hadn't done as well and the batman soundtrack you know had bat dance but i've always found that to be a bit of a weird prince song so like what were your thoughts when this was kind of knocking around so
1: uh parade i was absolutely in love with i i didn't go see under the cherry moon for some reason at that time uh (laughs) when i was like 13 um sign of the times amazing Uh, and then it was kind of like, uh, uh, love sexy was great. Um, but when I got, when Batman, Batman was the first time where I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Hmm. Um, because I, I wasn't very much into party man. Um, he was, I remember him being on the SNL, uh, 15th anniversary of SNL doing, um, I think he did electric chair.
0: Yep. That's a great performance.
1: It is. Um, and it's so much better than the version on the album so I, I went into graffiti bridge uh, a little a little tr- with a little bit of trepidation because I, I wasn't very much into Batman um, and I can't at this point I can't remember where it falls in terms of uh, because I saw the movie in the theater but I don't remember like alongside the album like what happened first um, but I I was very very into this album when it came out, and I spun it much much more than Batman, uh, which I probably still haven't even given a real fair shake to. Um, You know, I've kind of fallen into my pockets of Prince, where I listen to you know uh, you know eighty three to eighty six, you know, and and make some kind of compilation with uh, with outtakes and things. Because that's your sweet spot, yeah yeah and uh you know 89 isn't a period that I, I revisit very often but this is one that i i'll stand up for this album i i do wish uh and i'm sure we'll kind of discuss this as we go it's interesting because purple rain is a pretty perfect nine track album you can't get much better than it yeah but there are some people that wish that you know, Sex Shooter and, you know, uh, Jungle Love and all that stuff was on it to make it a soundtrack proper. Yeah. I don't agree. Uh, and I think that the Graffiti Bridge album would be bettered with just the Prince tracks. Uh, I, I think as a soundtrack, it doesn't work for me as well as it being a slimmed down, like maybe one LP Prince album proper. Right. Um because I, I I do think that the songs, even though he wrote most of them, the songs that aren't his are are a bit less than,
0: right, right.
1: You know, whereas and and I don't know that I could say that about Purple Rain. Like the Bird and Jungle Love are classics. I think Sex Shooter is an amazing song. Uh, so, you know, I I think I think at this point it might have been just you know spread a little too thin in terms of, you know, making a double album and you know, having uh, uh, all of the other artists be on there. But hey, it worked for Tevin Campbell.
0: That's true, yeah. It worked out big time for him. It s- certainly did. It's interesting. I always like, because I, I, my perspective on this has always been kind of, you know, it's more like, because it's interesting to me that this was released as a film in the theaters because, like, let, let, let's be honest, it did not get the same reception as Purple Rain or even Under the Cherry Moon, really. Uh, okay. And
1: under the cherry Moon didn't get a very good
0: reception <laughs> either. I actually like that movie a lot like that's I, that's my favorite of the three, but that's another yeah, it's, podcast.
1: <laughs> it's another one I have to revisit. it's been it's been quite a long time since I've seen it.
0: Yeah I, I try to watch that one like at least once or twice a year. but yeah uh, yeah this one like I always th- thought it was kind of funny because to me it seems less like a movie and more like an extended music video. Infomercial kind of for Paisley Park at the time because yeah. you've got George Clinton who would put out a record on Paisley Park, Melody, not Melody, cool, well, Mavis Staples who would put out two records on Paisley Park, uh, The Time who had Pandemonium, and then Tevin Campbell I think was just on Warner Brothers. I'm not sure he was on Paisley. Yeah, I so, think he was Warner Brothers. Yeah, I wonder if this had would have been a bit better received had this just been, you know, like a long form music video type thing like it reminds me like there used to be like cinderella did all those videos uh they all kind mm. of tied together with zz top and they all tied together and they put them on a vhs and it was kind of like watching yep. one little like mini music movie i wonder if it had been kind of more like that it yeah like prince did that season. with
1: three three chains of gold right, you know, right it was that kind of deal you know and he had uh there were other things that were uh shown on some, you got the undertaker uh mm-hmm. I think the beautiful experience was another one um, so he did that kind of thing often. It, it is, uh, and maybe it's a result of this, uh, kind of, you know, maybe this sort of thing is better suited to, uh, a long form video home video release or television special than, uh, a film.
0: Right, right. And I'll say one more, one more thing before we hop into the track by track. I remember the first time yeah. I watched this, uh, I, <laughs> I made my wife sit down and watch it with me. And, she, and she's just like, when does the movie start? This is just, like, <laughs> they're just screwing around. What is this? I'm like, it's the movie. And she goes, no, this isn't. This is the worst one so far. Yeah. She was not a fan of this one. But, uh, yeah. Um, I've, I've always kind of, like, like, I didn't know what I thought of it at the time. And I kind of, as you'll find out during the track by track, it took me a while to warm to some of the other songs that were Prince. So... Yeah. I'm still that
1: way. Like there to be completely honest, some of the non-print stuff I'm not <laughs> going to have a whole lot to say about because they they just kind of they just serve as movie scenes for me, you know.
0: Right. Some of the some of the time songs are like that, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, no. I I eventually did kind of warm up to them like at like I do listen to the album as a whole now, but there are a few songs that on the, my digital version of the album on my iPod, I've left a few of them off just cuz I don't need them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally did the same. Yeah.
0: All right, let's let's jump right in. Can't stop this Woo. feeling. I got. Um, this is a fun little uh, funkabilly tune. It's originally demoed for both 1999 and Parade, and on the film, it's just kind of this atmospheric in at- atmospheric intro music. Um, I love this one. It's a great way to kick off the record. Um, it's missing the dear dad intro in the movie. Uh, yeah. This is a fun little song. You know, it's it makes you think you're in for a great Prince album, and you are. So. Yeah, yeah, I dig this one.
1: Yeah, I do too. It's um, you know, in, in terms of an intro, I don't know that you could have picked a better one. It's it's you know just a great kind of, uh, you know, it's a bit of a chugger. Um, and uh, again, this is another one that started to creep out the early version, which I uh, believe was recorded in 1982. Yep. Um, was featured on. Uh, it 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 was a I'm pretty sure it was a vinyl bootleg. There was a vinyl bootleg I had called the Royal Jewels, and I'm I'm wondering if it was that one. Yeah. Uh, so it so, you know that kind of elevated the song for me. It was like I might have even had it before Graffiti Bridge came out. So by the time Graffiti Bridge came out, I might have been like, whoa, this is that song that you know was on bootleg. At this point, it's all a blur. But um, yeah, it's so great, and I, I love that kind of like. Um, you know, after the uh, you, you, after the verse, he's kind of got that you know uh, high vocal little hook that I won't attempt to do yeah. here, <laughs> but uh, that's the one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got you know, like you said, a little funk and billy guitars going through it. It's uh, it works really, really well as an opening track.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it was cool to get to hear the original on the nineteen ninety nine box set this year. Yes. Uh, That was, it's interesting. There's, I think, three songs on here that, like, have roots in 1999, so we'll touch on those, Um, including the next one, New Power Generation. To me, this is the let's go crazy of the movie. Like, it's got the band performance, you know, everybody in Glam Slam going crazy. Um, This is kind of the beginning of uh, New Jack Prince, as I call it. Like, New Jack Prince kind of was graffiti bridge to, um, I'd say, about the love symbol album, Maybe Come.
1: Um, yeah i I would agree i would agree
0: yeah this song is just is just fun it's him like kind of like introducing the new band um it's like his call to arms and to me the song is kind of interesting in that like he made this big great call to arms type song for his new band and it just kind of it never really got a good single push like he only played it live once and it just kind of was gone you know after the movie which is kind of sad because this is a great song
1: it is. I remember seeing the video on MTV and I was really, really psyched about it. And then it just, bit nowhere. Like, literally, we got to the point where, like, you know, uh, the first single off a of Prince album might do okay. The second single is going to tank. <laughs> uh, and it was like that with Love Sexy as well. Uh, I would say, you know, Glam Slam didn't get anywhere near Alphabet Street. And then, you know, uh, the same with Batman, like Party Man or Scandalous, none of them got the sort of at least around here the reception that bat dance did so it was kind of like you know and it might have been that way with other artists as well where the first single was huge and then you know people bought the album so nobody bought the next single you know um it's it's kind of a weird thing but yeah what a what a great track it just um you know the the vocal melody is great the chorus so catchy and yeah a, a Pretty much announcing the new band as it would become to the world.
0: Right. Another thing I love about this track is I love Rosie Gaines' voice interplaying with Prince a bit. Her doing yeah. like you know the "Lay Down Your Funky Weapon, Come Join Us on the Floor" part of the mm. uh, pre-chorus. That's really cool, and it's kind of a shame we only got her for two records. Like she was a really good kind of I think vocal foil to Prince.
1: Yeah, I agree. And do, uh, I don't know if you have or have heard uh, the New Power Generation single. Uh, started to do this thing that he, I think he also did with uh, either cream or get off or one of those, but like it would be the, the new power generation was like kind of sampled throughout like a bunch of songs, like the lubricated lady (laughs) and love left, love right. And it was just basically he would, he for a little while he did this like half hour single based on the one song, but it would have like these little movements, but The song would kind of be the thread going through the whole thing. Um, It's really interesting.
0: Was that when he was doing, like, I've heard about these. Are those the maxi singles? Is that what those were? Yes. Okay, I've heard a little bit about those. I've never heard any of them, but I know they exist because of Prince Podcasts I listen to. Yeah, like like
1: there was was one for Cream, and I believe one of the tracks on there was Clocking the Jizz. (laughs) Uh, You know, those are the kind of things I listened to once when I got them, and I was like, okay, I, I get what you're doing, but... These are not B sides proper. This yeah. is not Erotic City level material, right? No, like, but it's kind of you know what he was going for at the time. He even made a, um, I think it was around the time of Get Off. He made a long form video for one of them, uh, or Sexy MF. Maybe I think it was Sexy MF. Oh, Okay, uh, yeah. is, one that, of those. is that the one
0: that brings like all together, like Violet the Organ Grinder and yes. stuff like yep, that? Yes.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the one. Gangster okay. Glam. Gangster Glam. Yeah. 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 I could be wrong with the with uh mentioning cream but it was all around that time yeah. uh so yeah i think that starts with this single
0: i didn't hear about cream but i know there was one i know there was a scandalous sex suite i know that yes
1: yes the, with uh kim basinger
0: oh wow I, i've, I've yeah. never actually heard it so she, she they put her in the single somehow
1: she, yeah it's there's a lot of spoken dialogue
0: <laughs> oh man
1: yeah they were they were those were interesting times
0: now that's the a- ASMR Prince single. You're not kidding, <laughs> oh, man. Up next, we got the first song from the Time, "Release It." Uh, this was a leftover from Morris's scrapped solo album, Corporate World. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of this one. Um, it feels like kind of like you said, it's just there for the movie. It's there to move the plot along, um, and it doesn't feel like a Time song to me. To me, like the Time were a funk band. Like a play, even though like they're not playing on their albums, like when you hear them live, you'd get that same sound you got from the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this just kind of feels like a throwaway early '90s hip hop song. So I'm not the biggest fan of this one.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you know, when I think of that, I think of you know, obviously the time has to do with the lesser material in this movie so that they can be the uh, the bad versus the good of the kid. Um, so yeah, I, and I bought uh, Pandemonium at the time, and I, I wasn't I wasn't really big on it. Um, yeah, I don't know, not too much to say about it. I mean, it's it's serviceable. It's fine.
0: It's fun in the movie. It's fun in the movie. Yeah, throwdown between the two.
1: Yeah, and, uh, it, it is. It is kind of great. How? Um, I mean, I, I guess we it might be a good time to talk about the acting in this film. Uh, <laughs> some some of the things that I forgave when I was uh, in a movie theater at the age of seventeen. Uh, My God, I, 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 so I saw it in the theater at the time when it came out on home video. I probably watched it once, like, uh, you know, rented it from the local video store and maybe watched it when it came out on DVD, though. I don't remember if I did. Uh, so I've, I haven't seen the movie a whole bunch. And when I watched it for this, it was the first time I'd seen it in a long, long time. (laughs) And, um, I'll tell you what, I, when I was the age of 17 and 46, one of my biggest crushes was Jill Jones. But, oh boy, the acting in the beginning of this
0: movie. Oh, yeah.
1: Whoa. Yeah. I, I was I was two minutes in and I was like, I don't remember it all being this bad. But having <laughs> having said that, Morris and Jerome, if we can put aside such a horrible thing to say if we can put aside how slightly misogynistic this film is yeah which is which is slightly less misogynistic than purple rain but at least the characters in this film have the right idea to maybe be uh you know, try to overcome the misogyny yeah. in, at times
0: no one's getting uh, slapped thank god
1: yeah nobody's getting slapped but you know there's still some questionable stuff that i'm sure we'll discuss as we go on oh yeah there's having, something coming. having said that morris and jerome brilliant absolutely steal this film in their scenes
0: oh yeah they're like the perfect would comedic- you agree i agree they're the perfect oh, comedic foil yeah. they're great uh whereas you know i noticed during like i made this little note when i was watching the movie during release that jesse johnson just looks so awkward during this song <laughs> like he doesn't <laughs> yes. look like he wants to be there <laughs> yeah everybody yeah. else kind of was trying to get into it like monty and everybody but man some of the some of them like you can tell like okay here we go and, and I, I
1: I will probably take some lines from this movie to uh, use in my normal life. Like, two fine, she's three fine.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. I want to play a little game. It's called See How They Run. <laughs> <laughs> if you want
1: something done, hire somebody to do it well. Whatever it was. Right.
0: Uh, what is what is the one before? Uh, it's I just watched the thieves in the temple video before I claim on uh, like player to the left, player to the right. It's all about the pimp sandwich tonight. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I was hoping that uh, that you would be able to do that. Uh, so I'm glad that you did because there are some quotes I didn't uh, do because I wouldn't have been able to follow up with the laugh.
0: <laughs> oh, that classic laugh.
1: Yeah, it's it's something
0: else. All right, next. My favorite, well, not my, my second favorite song on the album, The Question of You. This I love this one. The big, eerie opening, the push and pull kind of sway of the song. It's a leftover from Parade, which, you know, Parade is an incredible record, so you know this one's going to be good. Um, and from yeah. what I've read, it was mostly done. Um, he didn't add too much to it, like when he put it on the album. But I love the unconventional flow. It's just a verse kind of into what you could maybe consider a chorus. And then a guitar solo. That's just beautiful and transcendent and then you get that really cool outro with like the hand claps and the vocal interplay and the kind of synthy harpsichord sound uh yeah i love this one this one's just incredible it's a classic
1: oh my god um yeah this was uh this is definitely in my top prince tracks it is just it's so sensual um i love the whole vibe of it just that I love when he kind of gets in that minor key vibe and really kind of just hammers it. And he does that in this song, the melody all over the place, but incredible. Um, you know, this is one of those songs that I hear and I'm like, how did, how did a dude come up with this? You know, just well, where do you, where do you start? Um, and there are some great live performances. He performed this on the nude tour and, yep. um, I don't know if you've seen, there's a a new tour uh, live in Japan that's a a pro shot. It was a television broadcast.
0: It just went on YouTube. I saw it for the first time, so go enjoy it while it's still there.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Before Universal uh, gets to it. (laughs) Listen, youngster, I remember the days when you had to fight to get this on a fifth generation VHS (laughs) like I did.
0: And that kind of feels like where it's pulled from. I'm not going to lie, it's not the best quality, but it was so cool to see this because... The new tour is kind of like almost like something of like legend to me because like I look at the set list what, like whoa he opened with the future and he was doing yep. question of you like this has got to be interesting and no like no like medley stuff like just songs all the way through yeah, it was, so it was weird because he he completely
1: uh often you know just went on to the medley thing and uh it, it was so weird that this was like a the close maybe the closest we ever got to a greatest hits tour yeah. you know uh, proper and i mean you know question of you is one of the one of the songs in that set that isn't like uh you know it isn't a, a hit but there's yeah. so much in that set that is and i'm fairly certain that i don't remember him doing much else from this record i think he did thieves in the temple yep. but i don't think there weren't uh, many other tracks uh, done. I'm, I might be wrong. It's been a long time since I've made set list charts, and believe me, I have. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yeah, no, I, I kind of I don't make set list charts, but I check set list FM and I kind of follow stuff. Like, I look at the yeah. history. Um, there yep. were more songs from this album in the set at the start of the tour. Um, he did some warm updates in Minnesota. and okay. he, he also did uh, New Power Generation and uh, Joy and Repetition. At the warm-up shows, but after that, they were dropped. Interesting. So, yeah, that that's weird. Like he dropped two of like the best songs from the album from the set list. So, yeah, but he kept that strange. He kept that. Yeah, right. For some Which is the
1: reason. most awkward live track ever. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't I don't know that he ever played it after the nude tour again. Somebody would you know come out and correct this but i know for sure uh, on any live show and i collected many um it was pretty much dropped from i would say the majority of live shows at the very least
0: it seems like this strange little like i kind of call this the weird middle era of prince the love sexy batman graffiti bridge era like it seems like kind of once we move into diamonds and pearls like that didn't happen that was a thing yeah like like yeah, we we jump we jump from sign of the times right to diamonds and pearls essentially.
1: Yeah, it seems like that makes sense. But yeah, well you 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 caught up quick for oh, yeah. uh, listening to Purple Rain for the first time a scant few years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're you're talking like an expert. I love it.
0: No, I w- I went hard like I went hard into this catalog. Like I was like this this is my stuff. Like this is yeah this is it. Um, and up next another one of my favorites, Elephants and Flowers. This one was a slow burn for me. I didn't like this one when I first got the record, I remember. But it's really warmed up. It's something I play a lot now. It's a nice little gospel-tinged rocker. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a fun little pretty song. It was originally on the very, very first uh, configuration of Raven to the Joy Fantastic. But it was pulled and put on Graffiti Bridge. Just a fun little song. I love the kind of like gospel choir interplay with his voice. And I love the guitar. Like this is just a fun early '90s Prince song.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's got a cool groove to it, um, and the uh, the way that the chorus builds with all of the harmonies is great. Um, it's uh, I I think that it it kind of I, it gets lost on this album amongst yeah. Uh, especially a very big one that's coming and you know, the question of you preceding it, but I think it, it definitely deserves to be in the conversation of greatest print songs. I think that it's a, a wonderful song.
0: Oh yeah. It's beautiful. And uh, I love the little hip hop bounce it has. It's got some scratching in it. It's got that kind of early nineties yep. new Jack hip hop bounce with the guitar. Yep. Here so. we go. Here we go. Before someone came in and made the hip hop a little ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> That's another well, album away. I yeah. think Tony Amazon on Diamonds and Pearls. Yep, Jughead. Yep.
1: I, that was a that was a period of time that I did not gel with very well. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's an album I'm still kind of weird on. Like, like there's some stuff I love on there, but then there's Jughead.
1: Yeah, Bad it's passion. it's it's one of the strangest Prince albums to me, and I never really made friends with it, even at the time. And I was into you know, earlier hip hop, it was just, I think it was the mixture of that with the new Jack swing and all that kind of stuff that was just, it was, it was kind of getting outside of my tastes. Right. Um, You know uh, I I was more into the funk and rock elements of Prince and the weirder ballads. Uh, So it it started to venture into territory that I, I wasn't quite into. And that, you know, that hung around a little bit right in some of the years that followed but um yeah do you listen to the peach and black podcast
0: Uh, i have started listening to them like they're one of the prince podcasts i've been checking out lately like them and uh, there's one called the mountains and the sea i really like
1: okay oh really what what's the deal with that i i wasn't aware of them
0: they're going uh album by album not just uh you know his albums but his protege albums and they're doing it by era like right now they're working on the uh 94 to 96 era so they've done like the new power generation album gold and they did no no it was exodus they did exodus they did come um and they always have like a mountain and a sea you know the mountain is the song that you know that was the best from that album in that era and the sea was the low point
1: okay that's pretty cool i'll I'll definitely check that out um if not if not for the the peach and black podcast there wouldn't have been a pods and sods they Mm -hmm. were yeah, that, it was them and History Science Theater, those two podcasts. It you know combining the absurdness of a band like Kiss with uh, like the musicianship of Prince, and like they listening to, to them um, really started to get me into that. When they would be like, you know what, there's a, a weird guitar bend at, at five minutes twenty in the left channel. That's very weird, and I was like, wait, what? And so I would make these notes to myself to go and listen to these. And literally, they made me rediscover the Prince catalog. And, uh, you know, they, they're they amusing and they're great and they're completely complete. Uh, so I recommend them to anybody wanting to get into Prince. They have tons of content. They just did, I think it was either a five or six-parter on the 1999 Deluxe. Oh, wow. Uh, Plus, uh, they have, like, a Patreon thing with extra episodes oh, where they're going through the Prince live videos. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely check them out, too. And I'll check out the uh, Mountains and the Sea.
0: Awesome. And shout out to Kiss History Science Theater. They were a huge, you know, they are a big deal for me getting started in the podcasting thing, too. Like, I loved how oh. fun they were. And kind of, you know, because I can't take the drama in the Kiss world by one line to kiss <laughs> these days.
1: Yeah. And I told them at the time, I mean, you know, I discovered them years ago and, and I, I've done podcasts with all of them at, at, by this point. And, um, I said to them at the time, I, I no longer am really a Kiss fan. Uh, but even at the time I was just like, you know what, I enjoy hearing you guys talk about Kiss much more than I enjoy Kiss, uh, you know, in the year 2012 or whatever it was when I discovered them. And it was just – it was fun to hear just people take the piss out of it because Kiss is silly. You know, it's uh, – and it was – they were extremely, extremely I, – I, I got obsessed with their podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I listened to a lot of those early episodes I've heard a bunch of times, you know. Um, so, yeah, shout out to those guys.
0: Yeah, incredible. All right. And speaking of New Jack Swing by the way, Round and Round, Tevin Campbell. <laughs> this one was a surprise when I first heard the album like cuz I heard the album before I watched the movie. And I'm like, "What? Is this a kid? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on here?" And yeah. I wasn't really sure what to think of the song. And it's, you know, it's a fun little 90s early 90s cliché type of New Jack Swing song, but in the movie, I'm not sure how it further's the story at like they're just like, "Hey, kid, come out here. Tevin's got something he wants to show you," and he does yeah. the song, and like that's kind of, it. Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> like, why? I, did I
1: mean, when I was when I was watching it this weekend, what I thought I was like in a movie that is essentially a long form video. This is a, a video that feels shoehorned into even that. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep, that's perfect.
1: It's so weird. It, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. Like. You know, thieves in the temple, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, that serves as an interlude, kind of. You know, it's a uh, it's a break from the action. Right. But this is literally like a performance clip just to showcase this kid, which is fine. But it makes no sense. It furthers nothing.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was it was. We interrupt this movie to bring to bring you Tevin Campbell, and now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Right. That's basically what it was. But the song, not bad, just. Not one of my favorites either. It was a huge yeah. hit, though, from what I hear.
1: Oh my God, it was it was everywhere here. But yeah, yeah i I only knew Round and Round.
0: Okay, I was just curious. Uh, um, yeah,
1: was... yeah, I knew nothing about the single. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't seek it out like I did uh, Pandemonium or anything like that. I did have the CD single.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so that's as much as I uh, um, uh, supported Tevin Campbell. All
0: right. Cool. All right, next we got uh, Prince and George Clinton with "We Can Funk." Uh, this is a fun song. Uh, this goes yep. back to Purple Rain era. It was originally titled "We Can Fuck," you know. Yes, it was. Yes, it was, and we got that on the uh, Purple Rain Deluxe, but we yep. toned it down a bit here. And yeah, a bit, <laughs> a, a little bit. Well, he would tone it down even more. Uh, in like the late two thousands, he changed it to "We Can Love."
1: Yeah. So, oh boy. Yeah, oh, a yeah. lot, lot, lot of things happened in those later years.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of, like, Everybody, forget the masses. We only want to have some fun. Changing lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. 23 yep. scriptures in a one-night stand.
1: That was the craziest one. Yeah, that I, was I, weird one. I saw that in person. I oh, saw man. that happen in person.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I remember watching the, uh, the rave concert when that came out on DVD recently, and yep. I was just like, what? Yeah. Okay. That, then why play it? Should... <laughs> yeah. Guess guess
1: what Craig was doing on uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. Watching Prince. I was watching Prince uh, alone on uh, pay per view. I, I did not. Uh, I was so into seeing it that I did not celebrate with friends. I stayed home and watched Prince.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a hell of a way to ring in the new year, though. Ring in the new year. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't bad. Yeah. that's a great performance too. I'm glad it got reissued recently. Yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, Can yeah. Funk is a, it's a fun song. Um, I can't seem to hear George in it. I hear Prince more than I hear George, so. Yes. It's, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a George Clinton song to me, and I just have to say, when this is in the movie for like the 10 or 15 seconds it is in the movie. Yeah, very um, short. Very half ass lip syncing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like right? we're just kind of like, be like, oh, bopping around, like whatever, you know, George it's, interacting with the crowd and stuff like that. Very,
1: very loose.
0: And I think I saw, like, I'm not sure, I haven't been able to find anything that proves it, but I think Eric Leeds is the saxophone player in his band in the movie, so, yeah. Oh, in the movie, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see, it's it's cool, though. I, this one grew on me, like, this was kind of one, going into this, I kind of thought I was going to pan a little more, but honestly, I it's kind of grown on me. I like this one now, so, what do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to discount a song with the the line, I'm testing poz- positive for the funk, and I'll gladly pee in anybody's cup. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even
0: catch that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh,
1: that's So, harsh. yeah, you know, it's another one of those that, um, you know, it kind of, it, I like it, but again, it, it kind of feels, feels lesser than, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't know.
0: Especially when it's compared to what's coming next. Joy and yeah. Repetition. This is well, one of the best Prince songs ever.
1: Joy and Repetition, um I I'm fairly certain we did a um it was a, a literally a month before Prince passed, we did an episode on Pods and Sods with our top 10 Prince deep cuts. Oh yeah,
0: that was a great episode by the way. Love that one. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you. It was great because of me, not because of my guest.
0: Uh <laughs>
1: No, uh, but this was, I, I'm fairly certain this was my number one. It, I, I just remember, maybe it's the hormones going through your body at the age of 17, <laughs> but I remember seeing this in the theater. It's so, it's such a sin that it really starts towards the end of the vocals right. in the film. But I, I just thought that the entire sequence was so erotic, and you know, and, but like lightly so. But like, you know, just the combination of the music and the visual was like breathtaking in a way that, you know, porn usually is not. <laughs> you know, it was like, right. it was like, how can this not work for you if you're human? Um, so this was a favorite song right off the bat. I think that this is his masterpiece. Um, a 17-year-old Craig Smith covered it on an album that he made when he was 17 (laughs) uh, and not well. Uh, It quotes soul psychedelicide, which is a Prince outtake. And you can't, uh, you, you can't hate on that. Um, If you listen to uh, the beginning of this on the record, you hear some of the same dialogue that you hear on love sexy. Yep. Because of the original, it was crossfaded, from the track "The Ball," yep. which became um, "I Know," yep. I believe. Uh, so when right before Alphabet Street, you start to hear a little bit of the segue and, and that overlaps between the two, which is fun. Um, there were, was also a version I had on a vinyl bootleg as a kid that had a totally clean introduction. So, um, so yeah, it was cool when this ended up coming out on this album. But this is this is a masterpiece vocally. It, I mean in terms of chords the song goes nowhere yeah it is a trance and an awesome one the vocals are incredible the guitar solo absolutely amazing i think that this is this is in the upper echelon of
0: prince oh yeah and it, it peaks really high too with that note at the end like you said with his vocals. They build oh, yeah. and they build that that last time he sings joy and repetition it's just like out of the stratosphere oh man it's very hypnotic like I love the the lyrics paint a picture I feel like I can put myself in the club he's singing about in the song like it's kind of empty and low and smoky and kind of dreary but dreamy at the same time so yeah I love this one it's good at painting a visual in your head and it's one of the best absolutely on the album
1: yeah that that's what I was trying to say in my very long and convoluted way it it absolutely does just give you a visual image of and he was good at at soundscaping that way.
0: Oh yeah, he was good at making you feel a certain way, like what we talked about earlier. Like others here with us, you know, that's a song on headphones. Like even if I don't have the best quality version of it, like some of the noises are just like is like is that right behind me? Like just, oh yeah, and his screams. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's creepy as fuck. Um, it is. But, man, great song. One of the highlights of the album, if not the highlights. Um, and it's for me. I think the reason I kind of like glossed over Weekend Funk so many times is because I was looking forward to getting to this song. So
1: Yeah. I, I'm sure that that this, that, uh, that song got skipped for me many, many, many times <laughs> before I finally just burned a CD that was just the Prince stuff.
0: Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't blame you. Like, that would be a hell of an album, by the way. Like you said, kind of doing like what Purple Rain did and you had the albums around it. I feel like that sure. would have been a bit more interesting, but who knows? Um, next, uh, we got, uh, Love Machine by The Time, which I say in quotations because <laughs> this is another solo track from, uh, Corporate World, um, yeah. but I dig this one, it's a fun little new Jack Banger, um, some cool sax on there, and, uh, yeah, just not much to say about this one, but it's a fun song, it's kind of the song yeah, we used same, to produce Aurora in the movie.
1: Same for me, I think it's, uh, Candy Dolfer on the sax, on yeah. this, um, yeah. Who uh, I saw play with him on the Love Sexy tour, uh, so she ended up, you know, uh, working on and off with him for years. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, again, I put it in the same pocket as the the other time stuff. Not bad, but give me more of the Prince stuff.
0: Right, and yeah. up next, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote uh, your original Warner Brothers episode to you up next. Uh oh, about tick tick bang bang. Um, to quote you. Um, this is the kind of song Paul Stanley has wet dreams about writing. <laughs> and it really is. It really is. Tick, yeah. tick, bang, bang, you. Uh, I love this one. It's fun. It's a bit of a retooled song from the controversy era, but it's just a classic Prince Sex song. I yeah. love the sequence in the movie performing in the street like with a little bit of pyro. And yeah. you know, he rips his shirt open. And he's got the heart on his chest and says, beat me. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun. I love that one. I love the song. And that's one hell
1: of a bodysuit he's wearing. Right. <laughs> crazy. Uh, okay. um, tick tick bang. Um I was was it uh was it Brian Jacobs that was on that episode? Yep, it was Brian Jacobs. OK, because I was going back and forth with him this morning and I told him, you know, recording a, a Graffiti Bridge episode with you today. And he's like, I've never warmed to that album, really. And Tick, Tick, Bang is just something like that's just embarrassing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what kind of embarrassing where you're getting this definition, because I love Tick, Tick, Bang. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the closest that this movie has to a darling Nikki. Yeah,
0: you know? this is this is it. <laughs>
1: But I I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it's silly, but come on, we all listened to Kiss for many years. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, And I'm curious, like, I hope when they finally get around to doing controversy, like, I want to hear the original of this because I want to see where the skeleton of the song started because it's very much built around a drum sample uh, from a Jimi Hendrix song. I
1: can't remember if this circulated or not. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if the if this circulated on boot or not. Uh, I want to say it did. I feel like I remember hearing the early version of this.
0: If hmm. I could find it somewhere on, in the in the depths of YouTube,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll look it up in my archives. Yeah. Something tells me I might need to uh, hook you up with some stuff that I've collected over the years.
0: That would be incredible. <laughs> um, up next, we got for me the best time song on the, in in the whole album in the whole movie. We got shake. Um, it's another corporate world left over but man this song it's just fun it's kind of dancey it kind of has that classic time vibe to it that i was looking for um it's the perfect song for morris to be singing i love the little keyboard stabs in it and like this little groove it has going on it's just a fun song and yeah yeah, this is, this this is
1: definitely the best this is definitely the best of the time stuff for sure
0: oh yeah Performed in 91 at the Rio show, actually, right before Diamonds and Pearls came out, which I watched this morning. So, I thought that was a little interesting note.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and this was a single, Mm -hmm. um, which I I believe was the only uh, single, aside from Round and Round, to be released from the album that was not Prince, if I remember correctly.
0: There's one other one.
1: Oh, is it? Oh, crap. So it did not come by yet. I I recall that now. Yep. Um, so yes, I do remember uh, getting this single. Uh, and yeah, this is a great song. I do I do enjoy this one. It's definitely the best of the time stuff.
0: Yep, and it's a great lead into uh, "Thieves of the Temple." This is like a top fifteen, if not top ten, favorite Prince song. It was a bit of a hit oh, for yeah. him. Uh, it actually hit the top forty, like you like you said. Um, I love how big it sounds. It does the classic Prince move pulling different sounds together, like the bluesy harmonica with the big program drums and kind of like the, uh, I I want to say, kind of like Middle Eastern sounds in the song. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The sequence of the movie features a bit of a longer version of the song. It's basically the music video in the movie that you see. Um, It was the last thing recorded for the album. I love the scream at the end with the glass shattering. It's just huge. And uh, Morris and Jerome getting a little uh, Cosby-ish in the movie at this point. (laughs) Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Love the dark feel of this song. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this song's uh, one of my favorite Prince songs also. Yeah. Um, the version of the movie, I, I seem to think, is kind of somewhere between the album version and the 12-inch version. Okay. Which... Uh, uh, goes on a bit longer. So I think I think what you get in the movie is kind of halfway between the two. Um, but yeah, I've always been a huge fan of this. Loved the video, obviously, you know, just lifted right out of the movie. Uh, and it, it's another one of those songs where the last song Prince records becomes the first single. And that happens quite often with, with Prince albums, you know?
0: Right. And it seems like he always does that because, like, he wants it's always what he's on. He's always on to the next thing. So I think that's always where his head's at.
1: Yep. Yep. He's he's done that quite a few times. So, uh, yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorites. Love it. Incredible. Uh,
0: The latest fashion with The Time and Prince. Uh, This is a fun little funk jam. There's another version of this song called My Summertime Thing that ended up on Pandemonium. It's literally the same song with different lyrics. Yes. Uh, I like this one. It's just kind of there, but I like it. Uh, Just a straight funk banger, and you get Prince rapping near the end of the song, which is cool to hear.
1: That's true. That's true. Usually he'd leave that sort of heavy lifting to a Tony M.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, interesting things coming in the Prince discography. Oh, Lord. (laughs) But, yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, you know, the song's fine. Um, uh, It's No Shake.
0: Oh, no, not at all definitely right. not and uh i think my favorite uh like i guess you could say protege song on this album even though it's fine kind of funny to call mavis stables a protege is really yeah. cool um i love her vocal her vocal on this one it's just big it's huge um it's a prefer- fitting little song for her in the movie and it would have fit great on her like first paisley park album time waits for no one um, yeah i love the little sequence in the movie where she's kind of like you know kind of trying to, like, stand up to the Morris' goons, if you will, the members of the time. Yes, it's yes. It's a great little moment in the movie. Um, I love yeah. this one. I love how big it sounds. And I also love the demo of this, where Prince sings it in falsetto. It's really cool. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this song. Uh, it's my favorite non-Prince song on the album, even though he wrote it.
1: Yes. Uh, I remember... I, I mean, it grew on me over the years, but this was... Uh, when I first got the album as a kid, this is the one track I did not like. And I, I don't know if it was just so different from the rest of the stuff on here. I mean, you know, you're introducing more of a, a kind of soul vocal, which definitely was not my flavor then. Um, and something that I appreciate so much more now at you know the uh, much more mature age I'm at, uh, but when I was uh, back when I was your age, this wasn't my thing. Yeah, you know, but it, it definitely grew on me. It's and it's a great moment in the film.
0: Oh yeah, it's beautiful. And yeah. Mavis Stables would kind of be in the Prince world for a bit longer after this too. She did another album called uh, The Voice, which yes. I've yet to hear, but I just recently scored a copy on eBay, so i will be giving it a spin soon. Uh, yeah, melody, melody Cool is on The Voice. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be a little remixed uh, on there. It is, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, but next we get uh, another beautiful Prince song. This one is goddamn gorgeous. Still would stand all time. Masterpiece. Uh, absolutely a masterpiece. This could have been on Love Sexy. It has that same kind of vibe that album has. Um, it's a song that the kid uses to win the battle in the movie. Um and there's a great kind of sequence where he's riding his motorcycle out to Graffiti Bridge, yeah. And he's thinking about ending it all, but he hears Aurora's voice, and he doesn't. And I don't know, it's just a beautiful part in the movie. Yeah, I love this song. I didn't like it at first, honestly. This really? one is one I would Yeah, this is one I would skip for a while. There are certain Prince songs that had to grow on me. Like this one had to grow on me. DMSR had to grow on me. Yeah. You know, but now, like those are my favorite songs. So yeah, I love this one. Like you said, masterpiece all the way through. Yeah.
1: Yeah, joy and repetition will always be the top. But I this was my my second go to. I, I played the hell out of this when I first got the album, um, and yeah, amazing in the film. Although th- things get incredibly dramatic very quickly oh, yeah. in the film. Um, you know, so Aura gets hit by a car, and then the next thing you see, literally, the kid's got a gun in his hand. It's yeah. it's, it's it is a very jarring juxtaposition. Um, but uh, i'm not above saying that I, I shed some tears in the movie theater during this movie
0: oh yeah it's 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 a, it's still a heartrending scene like even if it's you know yeah. really quickly plus you can kind of like i know there's a part in the movie where he's like writing a letter to his dad and yeah. he he's like should i carry on or should i take the easy way out like you did and it shows the gun in the drawer right so he was definitely yeah, the, the character had a struggle
1: yeah, and I had forgotten exactly how much this was an unofficial Purple Rain sequel, which is probably the first place it goes wrong. We probably should have mentioned that right at the top. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is incredibly loose, but but less so than I thought. Like I, when they mentioned Billy, I had forgotten about Billy's will, and I had forgotten, you know, the the. You know, as much as I, I don't know why I would have the stuff with his father. Like I remembered it from the album, but totally forgot about him writing letters to his father in the film, and just the fact that you know uh, the kid is still the kid. Uh, it, it, it's you know to to follow up a drama with a fantasy based uh, fantasy yeah. is an incredibly strange choice and probably one that served the film badly, but. Uh, but I love it for that, and and back to the song, just you know his his vocal melody goes way deep, and I love you know where th- there would just be the the background vocals coming in for one word, those little triumphant moments, so good.
0: Oh yeah, like man, the, his like you said his vocal like the runs he does at the end, the still what's down. Oh yeah, like just yeah. And I never thought about that. Like Purple rain is a drama, and this is a total fantasy. like that's oh yeah, in- interesting. yeah that's-
1: but I remember th- that's how I defended it all these years because I was, you know, like I said, I, I stood up for graffiti bridge because yeah. my memory of it was seeing it in the theater and being moved. And literally, that's how I described it all these years. I was like, it's it's just it's a fantasy. Like if you take it as that, I mean, it's it is the most simple good versus evil story. You know, just it, – it's essentially a musical about good and evil. You know, yeah. it's – it's if you can put aside acting, and some people can't, and I understand that, uh, you can have a good time with
0: this film. Oh, yeah, totally. It's just fun. You can have fun with it. And uh, up next is uh, – this is my favorite song on the album, and it makes me a little really? – pro- Yeah, Graffiti Bridge. Um, It makes me a little frustrated, though, it's not actually in the movie other than being on the wall. It's over the end credits. But, man, I love this one. It's just a little uplifting number. I love everybody kind of coming together. Like, to me, this kind of unifies the message of the album about good and evil and finding love. It brings it all together. And you've got Mavis Staples and Tevin Campbell singing on it. You've got Sheila E. singing. She's uncredited, but she's there. Um, It's just a gorgeous little number with a little guitar solo, um, just kind of, It's kind of like the condensed version of Still Would Sent All Time, but to me it feels like just as epic. It's just as big, you know, this is kind of the victory song to me. And yeah. why, like, it's the Purple Rain of the album, and why would you leave the Purple Rain of the album off of the Purple Rain sequel?
1: Yeah. I am with you. I feel like this song gets a lot of undeserved criticism for being Serapy, which hmm. I, I guess it is, but... I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I've always, from first listen, loved this song and always have. I've never understood any sort of uh, uh, bad talk about this song. I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I've not heard any, any bad talk about, about it before, actually, but I I, I can could, I could see how they could think it's therapy, but uh, it's yeah. still, it's still, it's got heart, and that's the important thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's what. Again, that's kind of what I take away from this project. I, I, there's definitely heart in it.
0: I wish the album ended here. I, really, I agree. I really wish the album ended here. But then we get uh, I think it's Tony Ellis in New New Power Generation Two or TC Ellis. TC Ellis, man, T- I didn't even get to do my rap. <laughs> yeah, K- kid, you should have let me rap, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta kick this kid. I gotta kick this. Ugh. Like, this is the start of the new Jack Prince that I was not a fan of.
1: And, yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: yeah, I stop, I usually stop the album after Graffiti Bridge, because it's the perfect ending. It's That's how it goes out. But I guess yeah, as it's, an outro, it's, it's, it's not a shame. bad. It's not horrible. Yeah, but I
1: mean, it, it definitely it kills the flow.
0: It does. I, what I wish they had done is I wish they'd left it off the album and they kept the little, uh, there's a little thing at the end, like, you know, welcome to the new power generation, you know, may you live to see the dawn whatever yes yes tag that on the end of graffiti bridge and just wrap it up there yep like that would have been perfect but other than that you know man this is still a solid album even with you know release it and uh love machine it's still a pretty solid record and it's one i really enjoy doing like listening to and talking about so this has been great
1: yeah. And, and then uh, also it should be said that the new power generation part two was the B side of the new power generation single. So one could think maybe that's where it just should have been, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, have to I mean, that would route.
1: have been a, that would have been a nice little bonus for anybody getting the single. And I, I mean, I, I think that closing the album with graffiti bridge would absolutely have been the way to go. Absolutely. Or or a reprise, tick tick bang. Let's get, you know, give us uh, give us a real good reprise of that.
0: Still would stand all the time. Bang bang all over you. Because <laughs> uh, you get you can't forget
1: Prince's roots.
0: Oh yeah, totally. You can't. You. Can't He's gonna
1: remind you who he is.
0: Fuck the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> soft and yeah. wet. <laughs> My goodness. Oh man, uh, I have a few more notes about the movie um blondie by the time was played while they're at the limo on the way to the club uh, yes. jerk out is played before the prince versus the time battle uh the, i love the little hangman scene where like he's in bed with aurora and they're just playing hangman together i thought that was yep. kind of cute yep. and uh i love prince breaking in to save her kind of from morris and jerome and then morris and jerome accidentally make out and they just the reaction is just hilarious to me
1: I- I love how extended that scene is and just watch Morris because the whole time Morris looks like he is ready to lose it. Yeah. Uh, So it's so great because he's, he's acting it so well, but you can tell he's on the verge of just completely laughing. Uh, And I love that scene. I think that scene is absolutely wonderful.
0: Oh man. Yeah, that's great. I never thought of it as him laughing. Like I always thought it was like him trying, like he was pretending, pretending to try to not to vomit. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes. But, like, that's and, a, well, that too. That's, that's a cool to look at it. Yeah, and I mean, among the questionable stuff, you know, uh, the kid rescues her, and then there's that scene where while she's asleep or passed out or whatever, uh, he, he, like, hovers his hand over her chest like he's going to feel her up while she's out and decides <laughs> against it. But even so, it's just like it, it throws you so out of the moment. It's like you know, this is the guy that's good. We we don't need this to as an example to show how how his resolve is being tested in this situation. You know.
0: Yeah, it it was was the temptation moment, like that was. Yes. It was a test, and he passed.
1: (laughs) He 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 passed. It it you know, but yeah, some questionable stuff here.
0: So this came out, and the album kind of got rave reviews. It seemed like, but the movie didn't do as well. Um, in fact, it would even be mocked in like a, in, I believe the show is in Living Color where they did, My Name is Prince and I'm in Crisis. <laughs> You've seen that, right? I, I somewhat remember
1: that. I haven't <laughs> seen it in many years. I might have saw it when it happened.
0: Then there was Vanity. I tried to teach her. Pushed her too hard. Now she's a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man, that was, that's a funny little thing I found on YouTube recently. Yep. <laughs> Uh, man. But yeah, this album, it, it did all right with the critics, but it wasn't, you know, his, you know, comeback that would, Diamonds and Pearls was going to be. I feel like Diamonds and Pearls kind of replanted his flag in the ground and kind of kept yeah. him afloat longer. Because like, I feel like if Diamonds and Pearls hadn't happened, I don't know, I feel like maybe the trajectory of his career wouldn't have been as upward as it had, would have been at, at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Harry. Can I share something that might be uh, somewhat uh, questionable in content?
0: Oh, sure. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Uh, you listen to Paz and Sad, so you, so you you won't <laughs> be surprised by any of this. But um, you know, uh, you're a youngster. You won't remember. You know, uh, back in the day. Uh, we would have to like rely on like stashes of Playboys in the woods for <laughs> porn. It's not, uh, you know, not living in the world that you're living in now. Yeah. But I do remember I had I had had some Playboy VHS, and <laughs> at some point I'm like, holy shit, that's Robin from Graffiti Bridge, <laughs> and, it, and it was.
0: Oh, man. I think you talked about that in the episode. I think you said something like, yeah, she shows full bush or something like that. <laughs> Well, I I am nothing if
1: not predictable. Uh, but,
0: uh, yeah, so but,
1: it completely it, folds into my graffiti <laughs> bridge of memories. It, it, it was it,
0: it was a different time. It was a different it, time. yeah. It
1: was was a different time.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I like I remember finding audio cassettes of porn. <laughs> like going audio
1: cassettes. Yeah, audio cassettes. Wow. And who
0: amongst us can say they haven't filled a sock to "Kiss Kiss Kiss" by Yoko Ono? Oh come on! <laughs> kiss Kiss Kiss. Kiss me, love. And <laughs> that that ending of the song.
1: <laughs> Oh man! Come on, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, whatever. Whenever the the inspiration strikes, when you're at <laughs> a certain age, yeah, you just have to go with the flow. Exactly. Literally.
0: Yep. Gotta let it go. Well, that's two, that's two <laughs> albums later. Yeah, that's that's a that's a interesting record. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. So yeah, this album did all right. Um, yep. and one thing I kind of wanted to talk about the, at the end was uh, you know. It's been how many years has it been since he passed now almost like it's, will be. we're going on 4 going on 4 years um you know like do you have any like plans kind of like to celebrate you know prince week as i call it like that's kind of like what i call the week of april 21st
1: Yeah i uh since you know since eric and i s- started doing solo episodes he Uh, And actually, I'm pretty sure it started to happen right around the time Prince passed when we did that. Um, He did a series uh, at the time called Purple Memories, where he, you know, uh, I I believe it started with interviewing friends of ours uh, that were our age about Prince. And then he started to talk with musicians. And then uh, one of the years, I can't remember if it was the year after Prince passed, he had a week where it was... Most of the revolution, he yep, uh,
0: yep, spoke I to that.
1: four. Yeah, four out of five revolutions. So just one day short of a week. But um, so that kind of thing, I leave to him. Uh, I would like to really do a, a, a deep dive on Prince, but I really shy away from things like that, where there's a podcast that does it much better than I ever could. <laughs> Um, you know, peach and black, I, I would really, and even when Eric and I started this podcast, there were things he suggested, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do that because I literally just listened to history science theater talk about this. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to be, whether I'm conscious of it or not, just giving the same info through a different filter. So, um, you know i would like to do some extended kind of prints thing somewhere along the way but not entirely sure what that would be i would like to do a thing maybe where you focus on outtakes and sessions That'd that would be, cool. be more in line with what i'm interested in than doing like a straight album by album for prints like that works for you know uh, some artists with prints it's you know there're much uh, you can get in the weeds with other stuff so i would probably rather do something like that
0: Right, right. It'd be kind of like an audio Dwayne Tudol book, which would be really cool. So that'd be cool. Oh, yes,
1: it would. Yeah. And also, um, uh, I do want to say one of the things that I thought of while I was watching Graffiti Bridge, uh, back in December, I went to Paisley Park for the first time.
0: That was, I was going to ask you about that, too. Go right ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, so it was just mind-blowing to me that, you know, 80% of this film, I was like, I was in the room where this was filmed. Like, uh, most of that was shot on the soundstage at Paisley Park. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, that kind of thing is mind-blowing. And even, like, that rave concert, that was, that was shot there. Uh, there are so many Prince things that happened in that building. So I, I would really just urge anyone, regardless of your level of fandom, try to go out there and see it at some point. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely worth it. We did the the ultimate package, and it's a little pricey, but I it was it was absolutely worth it. Just such an emotional experience.
0: Yeah, I plan to. And do there's like... a graffiti bridge room. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I plan to do that in September. I plan to make the journey out there, so yeah. it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, uh, my plans this year. I'm going to put up this episode. It's going to be great. And also, um, I got to attend. Have you heard about the Prince Grammy salute that's going to happen? I've heard about it, yes. Yeah, I got to go to the taping, and it was incredible, and I highly recommend you watch it when it airs, because it was just... Yes. ...breathtaking. Like, Mavis Staples singing Purple Rain with The Revolution. Oh my god. It was insane. Gary Clark Jr. does a great version of The Cross. Um, Sadly, Susanna Hoff's performance got a little botched by sound problems, so... Oh no, what did she do? She did uh, Matic Monday with Chris Martin, the Coldplay. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, they did it kind of as like a slow piano arrangement... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that was marred by sound problems. I thought they'd redo it, but they didn't. They just moved on to the next one set. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they redid a, a tr- few performances there.
1: Okay, yeah. tribute stuff can be hit or miss. Yeah, uh, as we both well know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that that's that that's good. I would. I I feel incredibly remiss in not having seen the Revolution when they came around. Uh, I would love to to see them if they come back again.
0: Yeah, I hope to catch them, too. Never got to see them, but I did get to see The Time uh, a couple years ago, and that was great. Although, I guess I, I did get to see The Revolution at the taping, so that kind of counts. But yeah, I wanna, yeah. But I want to see, like, a full show from The Revolution. Yeah. But yeah. yeah I, saw, I saw The Time, and that was that was a lot of fun. That was a great show.
1: Oh, that's great. I would love to see them, too. I, I'm incredibly sad that you never got a chance to see Prince.
0: Yeah, that's, the, that's one thing that kind of bums me out. Like, it took him dying and someone doing a tribute to him to actually get me to listen to him. Yeah, like that was what kind of bothers me. Like I missed all of this great, all these great performances. He played in LA a lot, and that's kind of you know I'm in the so- Southern California area, so I could have probably seen him if yeah. he would have still been kicking around. But
1: yeah. yeah, I mean there there were some interesting years, like in the uh, in the 2004 ish era when he launched the NPG Music Club online. He was starting to give songs out for subscribers. So like every month there would be a download and there would be like an hour long called an audio show, a H D I O. And that was, um, it was a combination of Prince music and music by people he admired or worked with and some other stuff. And then, um, like they'd give you four or five files that were completely unreleased songs. So that was, incredible and that's where the one night alone uh came from it was nice. originally part of the subscription so yeah those were great great times um you could get concert tickets through there i ended up with a front row seat through the mpg music club to see prince on musicology it was oh, mind-blowing wow. so um i mean literally i know i've told this story a million times but i can't not when i'm talking about prince yeah. and for at least a, a Portion of that Purple Rain solo was performed right in front of my face, and that's a memory that you just, you can't erase, like, that's, you know, to see Prince is one thing, to see him play the Purple Rain solo, transcendent, wow. you know?
0: Just curious, how many times did you actually get to see him live, because, you know, that's always... Saw so him
1: three, I saw him, um, twice on the Jam of the Year tour, which was 97, it was around the time of Emancipation. Yep. Uh, and they were both theater shows. And then the show in 2004 was at, uh, our arena in Philly, but we did see him outside. Uh, there were a bunch of people waiting for him at outside at one of the 1997 shows. And he literally walked by us and like walked on the bus, like so, so unexpected and so quickly that it took all of us by surprise because it, it took us all a minute to register that it was actually him that had just walked by. And then he he got on the bus and waved, and we were just like, how the fuck did that just happen? Like, <laughs> literally, just right by us. Little guy in heels just walking right by. Just
0: click, click, click. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, ended up seeing him three, three times. And the, the last time was the, you know, uh, there's another thing. A friend of mine had tickets for the love sexy tour. I was 15 at the yeah. time. And, uh, he had an extra ticket and my father would not let me go. And to this day, I, it's still one of uh, the love sexy tour. If you haven't seen any bootlegs, oh my God, that's set list is Ridiculous. the best <laughs> oh my god it is a, it, it is bits of Prince songs stitched together with horn lines from unreleased Prince songs and like you could literally it's like the, the live show equivalent of uh, Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique oh, wow. where like you know there are web pages like analyzing all the samples used like this was just a crazy mixture of so much great stuff and performed impeccably and uh, there was no other tour where Prince performed Bob George. So uh, yeah. that's where you could see that. Yeah. Prince, let's get a
0: motherfucker, with the ha oh, voice. It's Camille. Can we, <laughs> can, we talk? can we just dance? Yeah, I saw that someone had the professionally shot of, cut of that yep. show on YouTube for a time. It's gone Germany. now, but yeah, I remember seeing that. That was incredible. And just, like, how quickly, like, the band, like, alternates, like, from, like, Little Red Corvette to Dirty Mind to, you know, Head. It's just insane. It's just, like, bam, 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 bam.
1: Yeah. I I was so bummed that I didn't get to see that. I'm so glad that it is preserved on, on film. And that was an official release, I think, in Germany or the U.K., uh, we didn't get it here in America. Huh, I
0: that,
1: uh, so I, I remember was... that that was one of the uh, live albums I had on vinyl. It was a three LP set of that show. So I knew the audio of that show for years before I ever saw it on video. and oh, wow. never even knew it was shot professionally. So, yeah, um, so much great prints and video out there. And I mean, things got looser once he passed on youtube because you could not get prints on youtube at all now you kind of see things sometimes they'll get pulled but there's some stuff that stays up there a while and the official prince channel has done a great job with at least putting all of the videos up and there's like an assortment of live stuff uh so it's it's pretty great that that stuff's finally on youtube yeah
0: i love it i love it it was great to see kind of too because uh When I started actually getting into prints, like that stuff wasn't up yet. So I kinda got to watch it go up. I got to watch the videos kinda in sequential order as they were uploaded. So that was really
1: cool. Yeah. And it was frustrating because, you know, the only thing we had officially Uh, For many years was The Hits, which was a VHS that came out in 93 and then later on DVD. But I think that's only like 15 videos. There's a ton missing. There are some things on there that were really rare at the time. Like you wouldn't often see the video for Dirty Mind on MTV. Uh, You'd get like the 1999 and Purple Rain stuff. So it was good to finally see that stuff. But like for years, I had like a a really washed out version of the video for glam slam on a VHS that I made off MTV and it was bad reception. And for years, that's all I had. So it's nice to finally have them at least collecting all of the promo videos at the very least and giving you all that stuff.
0: Well, I am really spoiled. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah. You have no idea.
0: <laughs> Man, I can't ima- imagine like like that would be be the only time you could see that video. I can just go pull that up when I want. That's insane.
1: Yeah. Like I still think that I probably have uh there was a a video a Prince video collection that I bought on VHS that compiled some of that stuff, but the quality was so horrific like that uh There was that live video of um, I Would Die for You and Baby, I'm a Star. Mm -hmm. And they would show that on MTV a lot, but it was the kind of thing that until it ended up on that Purple Rain DVD, it was so hard to find in good quality, you know, Uh, because MTV stopped showing videos, as we all know. So, you know, you didn't get to see that stuff anymore. So, like, the first kind of. The first example of us getting these things were literally on the DVDs for Purple Rain, Under the Cherry Moon, and Graffiti Bridge, because Mm -hmm. all of those included all of the videos from those records, which was at that time amazing. It was amazing to have girls and boys, because again, that's a video MTV didn't show a lot. They showed it sometimes, but it wasn't, you know, you didn't see that as often as Kiss, you know?
0: Wow. Well, Craig. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on and, do, and talking about Prince with me. This was great. Uh, thank you. cool to have, you know... I'm gonna ha- also going to have Eric on uh, pretty soon, too. We're going to talk about Survivor, so I'll have both of the Pods and Sods hosts on my podcast, which I think is oh. awesome. So thank you for doing this, and hopefully we, we can do this again. Maybe the other one- thing I was thinking about talking t- with you about was I wanted to find something Monkeys-related, because that's the other thing I got into kind of through Pods and Sods. But... You've pretty much covered that subject very, very well.
1: <laughs> well, we're we're still going, but I, I'd be happy to talk monkeys anytime. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. Check out uh, "Sound of the Sunset," "Sound of the Sea," the uh, complete monkey sessions on the Pods and Sods Network. Great stuff. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again. Can I, am... can I
1: say? Can I say one last thing? Yep. There will be peace for those who love pod a lot.
0: <laughs> there we go. May you pod to see the dawn. Once again, I'm the Sly Dog. Thanks for listening and talk to you later.
1: You know, I'm, I'm not as into album stats as uh, I, I mean, in terms of what I remember, um, it was, you know, it was it was fairly lukewarm. Yeah. You know, uh, at that point, it was like, I think maybe starting with with Batman, it was it was like nobody was really kind of talking Prince anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, like I had my my one big Prince friend. And uh, he wasn't really part of the conversation at that mm-hmm. point. Whereas, you know, I lived through Purple Rain and Parade, and you know, at, at I, I think Thieves in the Temple did fair. Uh, it definitely got some uh, radio play around here. It got to number six, I think, um, right. on the um, on the regular yeah, uh, kind the of teleport. like pop charts. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but the album, I I don't uh, I don't remember it being. I remember it getting some negative reviews. Yeah. I also remember it might have been the first interview Prince did. I think it was for Rolling Stone um, around this time. So he, I think he was starting to um, make himself available to journalists again, um, at least more so than he had for the the couple of years prior so it was just like a weird kind of turning point and like the movie presented to me at least when i saw it in the theater of a like a new kind of more gentle not as x-rated prince you know there's still some uh questionable stuff in this movie where it kind of teeters on being adult but is not quite there the movie kind of veers more into fantasy and i thought that was uh i thought that was a good look on print you there? This movie was panned. I kind of liked... Yeah,
0: you there? Yeah, you dropped out for a second. Hello? You dropped out for a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What was uh, the... Uh, you, you, were, you were talking about the movie being kind of a fantasy. Okay.
1: So, uh, to me, it was like, this is a safe prince. And at that point, I was I was kind of into that. I was like, yeah, I, I dig the prince that isn't shoving sex down your throat and is... You know, uh, being stalked by an angel who's convincing everybody to pick good instead of evil. Like I got into that, uh, so that's kind of where I was coming from with this. But I remember the critics. From what I remember, I I don't think this was incredibly well regarded. Right. All, although that could also be the movie kind of casting a shadow on it.
0: That was a re- that was really that was a really good response. That was cool. I was kind of more going for how the. Tevin Campbell record because like it seemed like the protege records oh, at the time didn't do what they had done in the past. Like, I
1: went off on that tear for
0: nothing. Yeah, no, it was, um, a, it was a really cool tear though. Like that, I, that's <laughs> staying in. That's not going to get it out. That's a brilliant cut, cut, cut it tear. out. And put it somewhere else.
1: Make it sound. Uh, <laughs> make it sound organic.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.